Let's talk about Job Maseko, the South African war hero. Let's also discuss the county lines conversations that parents need to be having with their children today. What about the historic breakthrough of a young black girl who now donates her hair? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Those who have knowledge do not predict. Those who predict do not have knowledge. Lao Tzu. So this is episode 52. So glad you could join me again for another episode. This week, um, as you will well be aware, um, it's been dominated um, by the build-up for Prince Philip's funeral. Um, It was a small affair. Um, than a usual royal situation like this would be. They had 30 guests, like everybody else, uh, minute silence, really quite low-key considering um, it is the Queen's husband. Um, but yeah, it went, went by without a hitch. But needless to say, um, there were complaints. There's been complaints to the BBC. They, they received a record amount of complaints, in fact, um, over 109,000 complaints over the um, coverage um, of, of, his, of his death and he, his, his funeral, etc. So that's what the, you know, we, we, that's dominated the news pretty much, to be fair. Um, but something else, other, I mean, there have been other things that have kind of slipped under the radar, so we'll kind of touch on various things that, that may have been missed due to that coverage. So um, a fifth of all uh, songs streamed in the UK... How it, through 2020, through the pandemic year, were rap and hip-hop. Um, it always delights me when I hear things like this, to be fair, because obviously I remember when, you know, they said hip-hop was just a, fa- a fad, it was just a phase and it, it would die out and there was a lot of fight against it, but now it really dominates um, in many different ways. So, um, so, yeah, really nice to hear that. But, yeah, so... Um, yeah, it's been the, the most successful music over over 2020. Um, I think they said it was like it was up, it was up like 22 percent, um, up to 22 percent. Uh, and artists like Heady One, Dave, um, AJ Tracy um, got up to like 50 million plays um, each over that period of time. So, so yeah, hats off to them and, and hats off to the genre as well. Also, uh, the BAFTAs, um, last week we, we spoke about it, but because it was over two days, I didn't want to um, speak about it, like half the day and then half the day this week, so we just waited. So, the, happy to say, though, um, Daniel Kaluuya also won again for his, um, his uh, depiction of, of uh, the civil rights, civil rights leader in um, Judas and the Black Messiah, great movie. Um, and also Bookie Bakaray from Hackney. Congratulations to her. She got the EEE, sorry, the EE Rising Star Award, I should say, um, voted by the public. So hats off to a young lady. Her, her story is amazing. You know, she wasn't even an actor, actress. She was just, you know, she was picked out. Her and her school friends ended up being in a local film, filmed in Hackney. The children are from Hackney. And then on the first out in, in the field, and she's won a BAFTA. Amazing. Um, her life trajectory um, has totally changed now. 
you know, totally changed. I'm so happy for her. And very, very um, heartwarming interview she's done, um, you know, thanking everybody and stuff. So, yeah, if you can catch any of her interviews, really, really, really passionate and heartfelt. But, yeah, hats off to her fellow fellow hack, Hackney I was going to say Hacktonian, but I don't think that's even the word, but fellow person from Hackney. Hats off to you. Um, also, a movie um, that I really enjoyed this year, a cartoon movie that my youngest son put me onto, my eight-year-old son, um, animated film called Soul. I definitely recommend that to people. But that won an award as well. And, um, and Noel Clark, Noel Clark uh, won an award, Outstanding British Contribution to Cinema. So hats off to him as well. So it's been, it's been it was a really good award, um, but yeah, people done really well. I mean, obviously there were loads more awards given out, but those are the ones that I thought um, would highlight today. Um, also, obviously we're coming out of the lockdown, gentle easing out the lockdown. Um, it's been announced that they are trialing a gig um, over. I think it's going to be in May um, in in Sefton Park, um, five thousand. Uh, capacity um and the plan is that there will be no need for social distancing no need for face masks um it's going to be a tick all the ticket holders will have to do one of the the lateral flow tests which will give them the result in about 30 minutes um before they go in but then it's business as usual how it used to be so it's a trial so we're going to see how that how that all pans out for us um, and then also we've got the Tyson and um, Joshua fight um, that seems to be 100% confirmed now and they're hoping to have that in, in Wembley so there's a chance that that might even be the um, same situation you know they might add that into their trials as well but yeah so fingers crossed we're getting back to some normal normality um, seems like I mean the fact that they're even talking about things like this or doing these trials it kind of tells me that um, you know that their, their vaccination program has gone how they've wanted it to to go, um, and yeah, we're we're able to 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 get back to normal. Obviously, not everybody's had the vaccination, but I think their thing was X amount of people need to have it before they can start doing things. So they've always obviously hit some kind of quota for them to be doing those test runs. So so yeah, fingers crossed we get back to normal real soon. And um, this month, there's a, there's a few things going on this month. Obviously, it's the month of Ramadan, um, which started on the 13th. So, um, so yeah, uh, just thought I'd highlight that for all the Muslims that um, tune in weekly. Um, also, um, on the 22nd is Stephen Lawrence Day. Uh, that's, so that's this week, Thursday. And then in June, June the 22nd also, we've got Windrush Day. Um, that'll be on a Tuesday as well. So those are a couple of dates coming up. I'm not sure if there's anything else significant this month, but obviously the main thing being, um, being Ramadan, because a lot of people be partaking in that. So, so yeah, a lot going on this month in regards to that. But a piece of history that I found out about this week, that I had, somebody I, that I'd never heard of before, um, Job Mas, Masco, Masco, I think it's pronounced Masco, Job Masco. So he was a, a South African soldier in um, World War II, serving in the Native Military Corps. I think I've spoken about this Native Military Corps. These are the um, the Black South Africans who who were allowed to fight, but 
meanwhile, the other soldiers, the white soldiers that were able to fight, when they fought and they came home, they were given homes and stuff, but these, uh, the black ones, were given um, a pair of boots and a bicycle, which is, um, yeah, really, really sad. But, um, but this particular um, soldier, he, he was caught, he was captured, um, he was a prisoner of war, um, I think they had to surrender in Tobruk, or, or yeah, I believe it was Tobruk in in 1942. Um, but he's infamous for sinking while he was a prisoner of war for sinking a German um, vessel, um, which is amazing. Um, that's, it really sounds like something they should be making a movie about. To be fair, um, so people have been um, kind of petitioning and, and speaking a lot more about his story. So basically, off of the back of that, um, he was nominated for Victoria Cross for Valour, um, but senior military um, officers at the time vetoed um, that recommendation uh, for giving such an honour to a black man, you know, wasn't, wasn't on, pretty much, and it didn't happen for him, you know, because of the colour of his skin, although he'd done something really her- heroic and obviously saved countless lives, you know, where they won't even be able to measure um, through sinking that ship. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I hope people still keep pushing um, to get this man honoured because, he, you know, he died, he died poor, he died without any honours or anything like that. But it would be nice to kind of readdress the balance of that for history and for his family, etc. Um, he does have a school named after him. Um, in South Africa, in one of the townships of uh, is Kwai Thelma, I believe it's pronounced like that, in, um, in South Africa. Um, so the school's named after him. So that's Job Maceco. Job Maceco. So if you've never heard of him, look him up. Um, but yeah, one of those unsung heroes from, from yesteryear. So speaking about South Africa, um, the South African variant um, is. It seems to be rife in um, in Barnet. They're talking about in Barnet and in Wandsworth, Lambeth, and they've started their surge testings in in each of these boroughs due to these clusters. Um, so so yeah, um, so we, you know we're not fully out of the woods. There are still things going on. I mean, time would tell. We, I mean, it does seem like we've we've been getting through through this for such a long time, but you know the the. It's only been a year, really, and a lot less than a year of us having vaccination. So we're still early roads. But like I said, the fact that they're talking about having uh, events with 5,000 people um, in May with, you know, no mask, no social distancing, seems like a dream. So, um, so we are moving forward, which is good. Um, but the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is another one that's had to be paused uh, because of um, blood co- blood clots, so that's something that they're going to have to um, get on top of. Definitely, um, I think they said there's there's been about six point eight million doses of that vaccine, and out of that six um, people have been detected as having blood clots. Um, so, you know, I mean, in, in my mind, that's a massive number of uh, doses compared to how many. Uh, people uh, have got sick with with blood clots but for the medical you know powers that be to 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 pause things or to suggest people certain of certain age groups don't use certain drugs uh, certain vaccinations with that small number of people being uh, infected says a lot it it really does say a lot you know 
So, um, so yeah, this is the latest situation. And I think there was a, there was a lot of hope for that vaccine as well. It's, I think it's the first one where you just take one jab. So the fact that there's issues with that as well. We just have to see, you know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we're, we're kind of all in this together and we're all guinea pigs to the whole situation, to be fair, whether you take the vaccine or not, whether you, you know, whatever you do, you know, just being alive at this point, you're, you're part of, uh, you know, a, a kind of an experiment to see how do we get through this. You know, there is no, there is no um, pre-data for anything. You know, we are creating the data and, and, and pulling it all together as we go along. So, but we will get there. Human beings are very resilient, so we will get there. So, um, but India is having a, a very hard time. I mean, obviously, India is highly um, densely populated, um, but they're still having a really hard time out there with the with the virus, and they have the the double um, mutation variant out there. Um, but there's it, it, there's concerns now because you know there's a long list of red list um, countries, but India is not on this red list. So people can travel, you know, freely and don't have to quarantine in hotels and whatnot. Yet India has got a massive problem with COVID at this point. And like I said, with this double variant. So um, I think it was Prof Professor Danny Altman um, from the Imperial College was saying he's mystified and he's confounded um, as, as, to, as to why we're not um, having people coming from India um, required to stay in hotels um, and pretty much warned that these, you know, the, in, the new Indian double mutation um, could kind of scupper uh, easing of further restrictions um, that we're trying to get to. So, I mean, to me, you know, being somebody that's not medically trained at all, it just seems really obvious, you know, if a, that country or any country in that situation should be on... Um, on the, on, the, on the red list and, and have those stipulations around it. And um, especially the fact that they've got a, a variant that we um, don't really want here um, and, you know, we can't afford to have here. But to be fair, it's, it's too late. Maybe, maybe that's what it is because it, it's already here. You know, they've already reported, I think, 77 cases of the double, double variant from India already is here. But even if it's here already, it still should be a... I can't understand why it wouldn't be on the red list. You know, I think there's lots of countries that have less, less volatile situations with COVID and they're on the red list. So, but maybe, maybe that is shortly to be announced. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's shortly to be announced. It should be. So, yeah, that's the situation with that. But um, sadly, I mean, obviously we, we hear about how um, it's, COVID affects older people, people with, with um, uh, vulnerable illnesses and age and stuff like that um, and underlying issues. But in Brazil, Brazil's having a hard time with, with, with the virus as well at the moment. But in Brazil, um, a lot of babies are dying um, like up in, in, in Brazil, like more than anywhere in the world. Um, I think they've said um, up to like 1,300 babies have died from the virus. Um, so what they've, what's happening is um, it's, triggering, it's triggering something called uh, multi-system inflammatory syndrome, MIS. So basically it's an extreme immune response to the virus. 
um, and it just it causes the inflammation of the vital organs, but it's it's killing babies out there, you know, 1,300. I mean, I'm, prior to even finding out about this, my understanding was it was very, very rare for, for, for children, like, you know, in single, single digits even, um, the amount of children dying. So to hear that in Brazil, and I'm sure Brazil's on the red list as well. Uh, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure Brazil's on the red list. So, so yeah, like I said, we're we're, we're very early in this um, dealing with this, getting on top of this this virus. Um, but hopefully, the sooner the better. But um, but also, uh, women, uh, pregnant women, uh, uh, sh- they're saying that pregnant women should now be offered the COVID jab as well, in line with their age age group. Um, I think they they they're suggesting that they take specific ones. But, you know, I mean, it was just a few weeks ago, pretty much, they were saying that, you know, pregnant women shouldn't take it. But now they've decided that they should. So um, it's going to be interesting to hear how that develops. It's going to be interesting. But, yeah, that's that's the situation with that. So, sadly, um, well... First of all, let me let me let me start on a, a more of a positive. To be fair, I mean there there haven't been any uh, new uh, stabbings or uh, youth violence that have ended in death thus far at the time of recording this pod, um, which is which we're thankful for definitely. Um, but I do need to speak on um, one that happened last week. So I I spoke about a death last week of a young young man in um, in Sydney last week and at a point at that point I didn't know the name of the person but now I do and it's um Levi Ernest Morrison 17 year old boy was stabbed last last weekend um so yeah I mean I you know I, I got a call on 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 Monday um from a close friend of mine telling let me know that that's is actually his nephew um which kind of shook me you know um you know, it kind of just brought brought it close to home. You know, when you when you hear these things, as as you would have heard me say every week, you know, uh, you really empathise and you know you put out your condolences and you you don't know these people. And I think there's a subconsciously we, you know, we always hope you, you know that it's it's not somebody close to us or somebody that we know. You know, there's no no connection. You know, we all hope that. Um, but yeah, on this occasion, um, there there is a connection. So. Yeah, my condolences go out to the family. Um, it's a hard time. It's definitely a struggle, a hard time all the way around, as we as we as we know. But there is a GoFundMe campaign. Um, if you if you type in Levi Ernest Morrison, GoFundMe campaign um, for the family, and it's there for for people to support if they can. Um, but yeah, you know, any any life gone is is just too much. Any life, you know, and I'm just thankful there there haven't been any more this week at this point. Um, but we we have to, as a community, we can't really wait for anybody else to do it for us. We need to start doing things, you know. We need to start having those conversations and and preempting things, you know, so that so that our young our young people are not, you know, taken taken away like that, you know. And our young people are not perpetrators as well. You know, at this point, there's a 17-year-old male and a 36-year-old woman in custody um, being charged for the murder of Levi. But, um, you know, it's it's just sad all the way around. So my heart, thoughts, prayers go out to the family um, at this hard time. 
So, um, yeah, so uh, county lines, county lines situation is um, ever-growing. Um, it's an ever-growing situation. Um, it's kind of come to light that, you know, people are, young people have been recruited on, on a platform that, you know, most adults don't know about and most ad adults don't use, um, which is um, Snapchat. Um, and there's been some reports that, um, like, you know, recruiters, you know, uh, the, the people who are grooming young people into getting involved in county lines are talking about, you know, they put out adverts on Snapchat and within eight, 80 minutes, um, they've, they're, they're able to get new recruits, pretty much, you know, um, collect them, um, drive them to wherever they're looking to um, set up uh, their, their, their county line situation. Um, and what they're finding is, you know, they, they kind because they, you can't search young people in the same way that you would an adult. Um, they're kind of getting the young people to plug the drugs, i.e., um, insert the drugs anally um, and things like that. So, so there's a there's a lot that's going on. There's a lot that's going on, but it's the whole recruiting part of it and the whole grooming part of it that we as parents need to be aware of, you know, because. Like with anything with drugs, it's not going anywhere. You know, the whole drug situation, once once the cat's out of the bag, it is what it is, and, and it's just kind of damage limitation and trying to mitigate the risk. But it's not; these things are not going to stop, you know. It's, it's started, so it's not going to stop. So I think, again, it's, it's something that we have to take... We have to take some control and responsibility as parents because at the end of the day, you... You don't know if your kid's going to um, be groomed into doing county lines or even have aspirations because sometimes young people have aspirations to do it, you know, um, for various reasons, various reasons. I suppose I could do a whole podcast on, on, on this and I probably will at some stage. But um, we just don't know if that's what's going to happen with our child. So my thing is one of the things that we can do as parents, one is obviously look into the whole county line situation you know just, just if you just go online and do some research about it um you'll get you'll get a fuller understanding and idea about it but um i think one of the things we can do as parents is have those conversations with our young people especially once they once they start secondary school you know i think that's a good time in, within their first year within their you know even in that transition from from primary to secondary school having conversations with them uh, specifically about the fact that, okay, if you go missing as a child, because what happens is children go missing um, and whether they're being groomed into it or they've chosen to do it, they, 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 take the, they go out and they go and, go and do it. Um, and then they're missing for all intents and purposes. We do, as parents, you will just be in a situation like my son is missing or my daughter is missing and you're not going to know whether they're doing county lines, whether they've been kidnapped. You know, you're not going to know what's happened to them. But in case they have gone to do county lines, whether by force or, or of their own volition, um, by explaining to them, look, if you ever go missing, if I can never get in, if I can't get in contact with you within 24 hours, regardless of what you're doing, regardless if you're just at your friend's house and you forgot to call me, this is what I'm going to do as a parent. I'm going to call the police. I'm going to tell them you're missing. I'm going to give them all of your details. And I'm going to give them the most current picture I have of you. And what they're going to do is they're going to 
give it to various police uh, forces up and down the country so that everybody knows your face and everybody's looking for you. And also, the police would then also put your picture and your name and your details all over the internet, all over social media. So, you, you know, we're, our aim will be to get you back home. And how we're going to do that is make sure everybody can see you. So you won't be able to hide nowhere. And if, you're, if you are um, out there doing no good, you're going to get caught. That's what's going to happen. Um, and, you know, you, if you explain that to your kid at 12, 13, they're probably going to be thinking, well, why are you telling me all this? Um, and not really even make that connection, especially if they don't know anything about county lines and grooming. But if they understand that, and if they're clear that that's going to be the process, if you don't hear from them in 24 hours, no matter what comes their way, they're going to have that in their mind. Like, hang on a minute, if I even decide to go and do county lines, i.e. go country and sell drugs, my mum, my dad, is going to let the police know that I'm missing and they don't know what's happened to me, and my picture is going to be up and down the country and on the internet, on all the the police Twitter pages and Instagram pages, it's going to be all over the place. So if I'm out there doing no good, I'm going to get caught. So now, potentially, they're going to second guess, you know, um, that option of, of going out there, especially if they've made that option themselves and f- think that they're, you know, it's a good idea. Is this, going, is this suggestion I'm making going to solve everything? No way, it's not. But it's something. It's something you can do. It's something you can make them aware it's something you can you can say to them to to kind of dissuade them from from being away from home without contacting you, you know, just that alone, you know. And it might not be candy lines; it might be just it might be whatever, you know. They've just gone and stayed with somebody or whatever it is, but at least they understand the process you're going to go through, you know. And there's no criminal, you know, if somebody's going to do a criminal enterprise on any level, there's no criminal that wants to know that within 24 hours of them going to do a criminal activity, their picture, name, date of birth and all that is going across the internet and up and down the country to all police stations. No criminal wants to hear that. So, and no potential future criminal wants to hear that. So it's just something, one of many things you can do, but, um, but it's the least you can do and it's the least you can let them know. And I just think it's really important as well that Parents understand if your child goes missing, regardless of their age, regardless of their age, if your child, even if they're over 18, if your child goes missing, if somebody goes missing, let the authorities know in a timely manner. I think within 24 hours, it's, if, and you know, it's, it's odd for them not to be in contact in some way, shape or form, you let the police know. You know, that's, that is wisdom. You let the police know. So, um... So yeah, and then and also if they if they're contacting you via text only and stuff like that, or you know, no, that's not good enough. You need to hear their voice, and even that's not the best. But at least if you hear their voice, you know it's their voice. You know, if it's if you're getting a text message, you don't know who's sending that text, and if they've been groomed into a situation and and or kidnapped or whatever, you you're not going to know who's doing that text. So really, you ideally, you need to hear their voice or even you need to see them visually. You know, we've all got smartphones now, FaceTime, you know, get on the computer and let me see you. Let me make sure you see that you're safe. Otherwise, I will be calling the police and authorities and all the things I just said. So like I said, it's not a, 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 an absolute solution, but it's something that you can do as parents to, to kind of put that thought in your child's head um, prior to it.
Um, and then even if, they, even if they're being coerced and groomed into a situation, that would be something that the child could actually say to that groomer as a way to get out of it. Listen, I can't do this because if I'm gone for, for more than 24 hours, my mum is sending my picture to the police and I will get arrested wherever you're trying to send me to. You know, uh, it, it, it makes a difference. You know, it makes a difference by having those sort of conversations. Um, so, unfortunately, um, what else has come up is the fact that um, black youth unemployment has, has hit 35% during this pandemic, which is super high, um, especially when you compare it with uh, t- only 24% of young Asian um, people and only 13% of white people. Um, with, you know, between the Asian and, and white people, that's only gone up 3%. But as I said, 35% of uh, young black people are hit with unemployment over this pandemic. So it's hitting young black people a lot harder. Um, and this is going to have some, some gramifications and stuff. So this is something we need to be really aware of um, and really get on top of, you know, because it's, it's going to cause issues. You know, with, I'm talking about county lines, you know, the, the, the main reason for, for, well, the only reason, well, I won't say the only reason, but the main reason is why people do county lines, why people do crime. It's for money, you know? And if you're talking about we, there's not going to be jobs, remember we're still going through Brexit, we're going through this pandemic, you know, all the money that's been spent and, and given away through furlough, all of these things impact all the businesses that have closed down. But let's just be very clear, it's going to affect young black um, people um, more, young black youth more um, than everybody else, 35%, you know? Um, like I said, Asians is 24%. White people is 13%. So those are the figures. So we need to get on top of this. 100%, we need to get on top of that. Um, also, uh, so the police, a policeman's been jailed um, for racially profiling a, a man, um, um, uh, Mr. Carl Abrahams. Um, racially profiling him and breaking his leg. Um, there hasn't been too much news about this, not not in mainstream anyway. So I, I thought it was quite important to to raise this because this this is another one that would have just flew under the radar. But it, you know, it happened. You know, and and for that family, they're very clear it happened as well. You know, so I think we sh- we should really be aware. But needless to say, um, the officer. Uh, who was, because he's not anymore, but it was PC Charlie Harrison. Um, he, it happened in December, December the 31st. Um, Mr. Mr. Abrams was, was with his son um, going to the cemetery to lay some flowers for, for his deceased mother. Um, but on his way home, um, he was targeted by the police officer um, and the police officer's done some kind of sweeping technique with his foot or kicked his leg done something that he shouldn't have been doing anyway and yeah broke broke the man's leg um so off the back of that uh charlie harrison has now been jailed for two years and three months um on monday um and convicted of um, gbh the judge the judge actually said um he's having heard all the evidence through the trial he strongly suspects that the reason um uh, the the policeman stopped uh, Mr. Abraham and his son was because it was black, so you know it's there. That's that's what happened. That's what happened. Um, 
thank God it was just a broken leg. I mean, not that a broken leg is anything to be sniffed at, but, you know, it, it could have been worse, you know, and, and like I said, targeting because of what? Because of the colour of your skin. Um, but I'm just glad that this, this man's um, been convicted of it. Probably should have got longer, you know, that, that uh, Mr Abrams got broken leg. Um, he hasn't been able to work for X amount of time and he was on crutches for about three months as well. But, you know, as we know, when you, when you break bones, that's, it's, it's never going to be the same again. So considering you, this policeman broke, broke someone's bones, an innocent man, um, maybe the sentence should have been longer. But at least he's been convicted. Um, it's not a lot of the time that you hear um, the police doing things that are not right and it follows up with a conviction. So at least a conviction, and at least the judge said what he said as well, because it, it was obviously crystal clear um, that that was the situation. But on the other side of the um, pond, uh, we've got um, Dante Wright, um, who, who was shot um, by an officer of 25 years, and she thought she was pulling out a taser, but she pulled out a gun and, and killed this young man, um, which is crazy. You know, it's it's just crazy. I, I don't I don't really get it. This young young boy, twenty years old. You know, life gone because uh, you know a, a seasoned police officer um, thought that she pulled out her taser. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Really sad. Really sad. My heart goes out to that family as well. That's. Um, it's unbelievable, to be fair. I, I, you, you couldn't make that up. You know, you, you, wouldn't even, you wouldn't even put that, that story in a script, like, you know, because it, it would be so kind of unbelievable, in my mind anyway. It, it just doesn't make sense. But, yeah, so that's, that's that situation. Um, for whatever reason, it's, it's happened. Um, the officer's name is Kim Potter, um, and... Like I said, she's been there for 26 years. But off the back of it, um, I don't think any charges have been pressed at this point. Um, but she's uh, resigned. And also the chief, the chief, um, Chief Tim Gannon also resigned as well. Um, but really, there should, there should be some charges. Uh, I, I can't really understand. Maybe, maybe there is. Maybe, maybe that, that's what's going to happen going forward. But it just seems bizarre that there wasn't some instant charges because even though it might be a genuine mistake you know I'm not sure how and why you made that mistake um, but that mistake ended up with somebody's life being taken you know I mean at the end of the day if you make the mistake of driving your legitimate car fully insured and you end up killing somebody because you make a mistake on the road um, it will be, rec be recognised that it's a mistake, but you're still going to get done for manslaughter and you still may have to serve some time for that because a life's been taken. So, yeah, you know, let's have some, some parity, uh, I'd, I'd say. So, yeah, my, but my thoughts and prayers go out to um, Dante White's family, you know, 20 years old. Who knew what this young boy could have been or was about to be? Very sad. Um, so... Over the past, whew, it's been a few weeks now, Northern Ireland has been, it's, it's been mayhem over there. You know, the violence has, has, has come back like it was, you know, the IRA times, you know. I'm seeing pictures of, you know, young kids with um, 
Molotov cocktails, uh, you know, um, throwing them at the police and all, all kinds of things. It just looked like back in the day, the days of IRA and Sinn Féin and all of that. That's, that's what it looked like. Um, but it did get me thinking, because um, obviously I know I've, I've learned in recent, recent, over this last year, really. I don't think, yeah, I don't think I really realised in the, yeah, it's over the last 12 months that I've realised that in Ireland there's a large black Irish community, which I really didn't realise. It still, it still makes me laugh, to be honest, when I hear a black person speaking with a thick Irish accent. It's still, it's still um, funny to me. So it's just, just like when I was younger, when I, when I first heard um, a white Jamaican or, or a Chinese Jamaican. Um, yeah, you, you used to, I used to find it really bizarre. But, um, but the point I'm making is I, I, I don't really see, I, well, I haven't seen any um, black Irish um, writing, um, even though there's a big community there. Um, and I'm just wondering how, how, how they feel and what they're going through during, during this time of, um, you know, violence in, in Northern Ireland, how it affects them as well so it was just a thought really it's not that I've heard anything about it but it was just it was just a thought because it's it's a factor that I mean they would have went through the whole IRA situation then but like I said back then I, I didn't even realize they were um they had uh, a black community there so so yeah it'd be interesting to hear how the black Irish are, are dealing with it. but like I said it is notable I couldn't see uh, out of all the reports I didn't I don't see any black people writing you know, um, I see young. I see a lot of young people, though a hell of a lot of young people. Mostly young people, to be fair. You know, petrol bombs and stuff. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was just a thought, really. Um, but I hope all of that stuff um, dies down soon um, and calms down, and you know, get some peace there, because obviously we know how that thing can escalate. Um, Okay, so also, what else? Uh, so Will Smith. Will Smith is making a movie, a, a true story, a true story, um, a slavery movie called Emancipation. Um, and they're filming it at the moment. Well, they, yeah, they're filming it at the moment. And they have recently pulled out of filming it in Georgia due to their voting laws. So basically, Georgia's changed uh, their voting laws and they're quite regressive basically regressive polling polling laws which basically mean that people that are going to be voting moving forward they have to um, use ID if they're doing uh, mail in ballot um, voting they need to use ID but in America um, black Americans um, are less likely to have um, that ID so that new law that they're having in Georgia is going to disproportionately affect black Americans. So this is the problem. So with Will Smith, um, this is his movie, he's setting it up and whatnot. He's now basically said, okay, you know, he he doesn't agree with what they're doing moving forward. And because of that, he's not going to be filming it um, in Georgia, um, which obviously takes away a lot of revenue that would have um, come to Georgia. And there's been a lot of um, other stars that have kind of backed him up on that um, uh, Mark Hamilton, the, the the guy that played um, Luke Skywalker, he also tweeted about it, and and kind of you know supporting Will Smith and talking about no more filming in Georgia and stuff like that. Various other um, celebrities have kind of backed it as well. Even um, Joe Biden um, described it as um, an, 
an atrocity saying that it, that saying exactly that that it's um it's going to disproportionately affect black americans so so yeah um maybe who knows fingers crossed let's try and see this with through rose tinted glasses maybe all of this uh, heat and the lack of resources is is going to mean as re- regards to Hollywood bringing their money there for certain um, movies. Maybe this will make them change their mind. Fingers crossed. Um, but it's obviously wrong what they're doing, and they obviously know what they're doing. So hopefully they will see sense and um, you know just bring put things back to normal and stop doing things that disproportionately um, affect uh, the black Americans in a in a negative way. So, um, also, I read a story this week um, in regards to a young, young girl, 11-year-old girl called Carly Gorton um, from Norfolk. So, she basically wanted to donate her hair um, to, for, for um, wig making. Um, but that originally, when she wanted to donate her hair, they said that um, they wouldn't be able to because of the type of hair. Um, they wouldn't be able to do it. You know, Afro hair, it was, they just weren't able to do it with Afro hair. They could do it with every other hair. But she kind of pushed and pushed with it, um, obviously with the support of her family. And she's made a historic breakthrough. Um, they've, they've finally um, done, done some research and they've found a way to use um, African hair to, to produce African, African wigs um, with real hair. And she's now been able to donate her hair for the first time. So this kind of opens the door for anybody now that wants to donate their hair, I would say, um, where they wouldn't have been able to do that before. Um, and, you know, it's really for a good cause. It's, it's something I, I didn't know anything about, but it's for a good cause. I mean, young children who, for instance, um, lose their hair through cancer, young black children that lose their hair through cancer, there wasn't any options, I suppose, for them prior to this. But now we can make um, wigs with Af- what Afro wigs. Um, these young children will be able to um, benefit from that, from having those wigs. So hats off to Carly, man. Hats off to Carly for pushing that with her family because they said no originally and she pushed and pushed and you know, forced them to rethink and, and, and do some research and now they've done it. You know? so, so yeah, so if you're somebody who... You know, you, your hair grows really long and you want to donate it for young children. That is something now you can also do. You know, if you obviously young kids, you know, when we've got young kids, they often have that's even the boys have their hair plaited for a long period of time. And then um, eventually, you know, they turn around and say, oh, they think I'm a girl at school and they want their hair cut. At that point, you might be able to donate that hair, you know. So, um, so yeah, hats off to her. Made history for sure. So, um, on the health, health side of things, um, it's really interesting because this, this week I, um, a friend of mine um, found out that he is diabetic um, and he, he was obviously not happy, not happy to hear that at all. Um, but he was he's di- he diagnosed with diabetes type 1 and I, I just really, it was me that kind of pushed him to go and get these blood tests and do various other things. There was various other ailments that he's dealing with as well, but he's got all the answers now and he's, you know, he can do things about it. But he was a little bit upset. But I, I said to him, look, at least you know now, you know, you've got type one, type one, you can turn around. You know, if it was type two, you'd have that for life, you know? So 
so yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's better to find out these things earlier than later. So I just made me want to really reiterate, you know, and even what I said to him as well is, you know, when you go and get your blood test from now on, just, you know, whatever they want to test your blood for, whatever they, whatever they want to test it for, you need to go with a list all the time. Have this in your phone, this list, and say to them, look, when you test for those things, please also test for these things as well because not all doctors will test for the things that affect us disproportionately so I have a thing where I always have this list in my phone up um, so if they're taking blood because you don't need once you've taken the blood you can test for anything you don't want to have to keep getting backwards and forwards for different you're just wasting time once you've got they've got the blood they can test for everything at one time so the list goes like this it's you ask them to test for vitamin D deficiency um, or your vitamin D levels um, high blood pressure. Uh, sorry, this is not for your blood. These are just the, let me just say, let me say it like this. You need them to test for all of these things, but some of them are for blood, but obviously your blood pressure, you do that with the machine. But testing, you need to get tested for vitamin D deficiency, get your blood pressure checked, prostate cancer, your kidney function, cholesterol, and diabetes. Those are things that disproportionately affect us. They disproportionately affect us. So anytime you're going for an annual MOT, um, if you're going for any blood tests, make sure that they test for those things. Um, you know, because like I said, it's better you catch these things earlier rather than later. So important. So, so important. So um, in St. Vincent, uh, the volcano's still rumbling. Um, yeah, they, they pretty much said um, that they uh, an, uh, an eruption is... Is, is is underway you know it's it's it's, it's gonna blow again and, and stuff like that um but doing a little bit more research into it when that la when that i think it was in 1902 it said um when it erupted it was erupting for eight months so you know hopefully it doesn't do that do it for that long this time around but you know that that the last time that volcano in St. Vincent um, went off. It was for eight months they had to deal with that. So, um, you know, to date, from what I understand, nobody's been hurt thus far. Um, but that country's going to need a lot of support, you know, a lot of support. So I know there's various donations going on. Um, you know, we, we don't hear a lot enough about it in the media, to be fair, considering this is the whole country. You know, these islands are small in the Caribbean. So when these kind of things happen, it's... it's it's devastating. You know, it happened in, in Montserrat and now it's happening in, in St. Vincent. Um, so, yeah, any donations, you know, whether you can send barrels, whether you can donate money, whatever you can do, just bring some awareness and, and see how you can support um, the people out in St. Vincent. You know, I mean, even if your people are not from St. Vincent, I guarantee you've got friends whose family are from St. Vincent. Um, so, yeah, definitely please give and support those people out there it's going to be challenging for for a while you know um and obviously you know with volcanoes you, you just don't know what's going to happen you don't know what's going to happen so yeah um so I, I you know i really want to say thank you to everybody who have um obviously we launched um pablo podcasts um apparel and accessories last week um and yeah i'd really like to thank all the people that have supported thus far um 
understanding that you know you're 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 supporting the podcast you know you're supporting the podcast and you know what it costs to put on the podcast the time it takes to put on the podcast so i really 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 do appreciate that you know um you know some people have bought mugs some people have bought t-shirts some have bought masks um hoodies um you know kids sweatshirts vests even towels you know um so no I, re- I really 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 do appreciate that um the the current designs that we have obviously we launched with the designs as as you can see on the on the social media links um we launched with that but these these ones are only going to be available for um a limited period of time um and then we'll be changing the designs and stuff so so yeah um continue to support um tell a friend you know um introduce people to to the podcast and um, hopefully it's i mean it's weeks like this you know like i said weeks like this where uh, things are dominated by by other things and um, a lot of things go amiss you know and at least um what I, what i try to do with this podcast is is make sure that we get to hear about the things that affect us you know um that that often go under the radar but they're of they're of meaning to us you know somewhat um but yeah but thank you I, I really 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 do appreciate the, the the support and also appreciate people that share the share it you know obviously there's people that some people that haven't listened to podcasts before um you know if you if you can if you meet somebody that hasn't you know listened to a podcast before and you, you see value in this podcast please um you know share it you know let people know let people know um you know look we're coming into the warmer warmer time of the year um i think we i think we are past the last frost of 2021 um which means for me it means that i can start growing my fruit and veg and for all of us it means that we can start you know wearing t-shirts and shorts and and you know thinking about holidays and you know spending more time outside so please you know let's take full advantage of of newfound freedoms um and you know get on our bikes you know go for a jog go for long walks you know but let's just get out and and get some normality and get the blood flowing and and stay well healthy and fit so thank you again for choosing uh, pablo's podcast today and hopefully you can join me in the next one until then Take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.